Welcome to Scholastic Reads, our podcast about books, authors, and the joy and power of reading. I'm your host, Suzanne McCabe, Editor-at-Large at Scholastic. Thank you for joining us. We are thrilled to have Jeffrey Self, the author of Drag Teen, in the studio. Hi, Jeffrey. Hi, how are you? Very well, thank you. Now that you're here with your bright, smiling face. Oh, that's that's all coffee. It's just all coffee. And David Levithan, Jeffrey's editor. Editor. Also quite an author in his own right. A superstar, I think it's safe to say. Okay, a superstar. And we must say, David started as an intern at Scholastic. I've been here forever. Great. A lifer. Right. Okay, right. I'm a lifer. You came with the building. I'm, like, <laughs> right, I'm the Dorian Gray of Scholastic. Could you please use your influence to get us some water in right. the studio? Okay, well, welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thanks. So, Jeffrey, I um, was doing a little bit of research on you before, and I came across a few lines that one does not hear every day at Scholastic. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. And all of them are from exes. <laughs> paraphrasing here, but someone wrote of Drag Teen, this is a fabulous book about a gay icon of the YouTube era. <laughs> are we going to have people picketing outside here after lunch? I I, I hope so. That, that would be great press. Um, I uh, I... I yeah, I think I don't know who wrote that uh, about me, but uh, I am taking it uh, very, very much. Uh, I have now started, a, a, you know, addressing myself as a as a YouTube icon, um, uh, right. just to, to myself in the mirror. So uh, right. it's, uh, it's 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 going great. Okay, super. <laughs> How uh, autobiographical is Drag Teen? Um, not re- not uh, autobiographical, really. I mean, I, I was never a drag teen, uh, though if I had been, it would make marketing this book a lot simpler. Um, but uh, I, I've always been really, you know, enthralled and, and inspired by drag queens. Um, and, you know, I think I took a lot of uh, qualities of myself and, and uh, parts of myself into the character of JT uh, and then qualities of drag queens I've met in my life and coming to New York when I was 18 as well uh, and put that into the book as, as well. I see. And I want to just read a a passage. This is the character JT talking in the book. And he says, first of all, being gay is far from a curse. It's more like an extra order of fries at Wendy's because the lady in the window isn't paying attention while she fills your bag. It's awesome. It's true. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever had Wendy's fries. but (laughs) Well, at first I took this at face value. Later, I thought it might be a little ironic as Uh I read more. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's definitely he's he's he's, you know, he's a he's a clever fella. Uh, But, uh, you know, I think, you know, one thing I really wanted to address in that and that's in the first page in the book uh, is, you know, that this isn't a book about not being you know not being okay with being gay this guy is okay with being gay it's the being himself that is is the issue for him uh and so you know i think that's something that is really common now with with young people that you know they're coming out early and they are seeing gay characters on television and in books and in movies and it's and it's very liberating and freeing but then you know there's also for some people if they if they do come out early and accept themselves early there's then the reality of like but wait i still don't like myself and it's not because i'm gay <laughs> what is yes. it you yeah, know yeah you really uh so it's it's uh that's sort of, you know, the 
theme that I wanted to achieve. That is expressed well in the book and Thanks. I think takes pressure off of kids who may feel that way. Yeah. You know, they see everyone saying like, Ellen, it's okay, it gets better yeah. or whatever. And, and also, you know, as, as a gay, as a young gay person too, you don't always see people who look like you, you know, I mean, yeah. it, you know, most of the gay characters in mainstream culture are, are gorgeous, supermodel looking people who don't look like normal people and that can feel really alienating and mm-hmm. uh, that's something that, you know, that I think that a lot of kids are facing now. The character JT grows up in a pretty stultifying household mm-hmm. and area, which is another reason perhaps where it's very tough for him to find himself. Yeah, absolutely. Clearwater, Florida, which I don't know if you've ever been to Clearwater, Florida, but no, it's it's uh, a delight. Are you from there? Someone's <laughs> I, waving not, their hand in the corner. I'm not, from there. So uh, I'm, yeah. Just... And I did, forgot my parents lived there for a year before I was born, and hmm. I didn't even remember that writing the book. Huh. And my mom started re- reading the book, and she was like, "Is did you base that on our on, on us there, I was like God, no, I forgot all about that. But um, it's a it's a it's a bleak town. But um, uh, so you know, I I've always been fascinated by uh, Florida in general. So I thought that'd be an interesting place to put this kid. Where did you grow up? Georgia. So not too far from Florida, but um, about uh, northwest Georgia. What was it like for you being a gay teen in Georgia? Uh, it was. Uh, I mean, I was in a. I have really uh, great parents, and they were always really great. Um, you know, when I was coming out and when I was a teenager, it was the Will and Grace era and the Queer Eye for the Straight Guy era. So, you know, it was sort of the first time gay characters were on television in such a big way. Uh, and so it was probably a lot more comfortable than it, I'm sure than it was for someone like David, who's um, years older than me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But like, a, you know, a little bit older than Way me. Way back in the day. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> no, but you know, it, it, no, there it was that, that moment. Um, but it's from compared to then com- now, I mean, it's an entirely different thing, you know, um, because I, I never felt, you know, um, like I was going to get beat up or anything, but I also never felt like I could really talk about it. And I feel like now the conversation is being had in a, in such a big way. Um, gay characters aren't just like funny sidekicks anymore. Um, and so uh, for me, it was it was a, a bit more a silent uh, experience as opposed to actually being able to talk about it. And my family is, you know, Southern and not necessarily uh, always talking about what's actually going on. So there was not much discussion about the actual gay thing, more just sort of like, we're going to dance around this topic and uh-huh. pretend that you don't have a closet full of wigs, you know. Right, <laughs> I see. So it's, it's neat that you then from that silence, you became a writer. Yeah, definitely. When did that? evolution take place? Well, I think in that time, you know, I was definitely writing a lot about my experience. I was always journaling and and trying to write plays and short stories and stuff like that. And um, and I'm also an actor. And so I went to uh, drama school for acting. And while I was there, I started to realize I was far more interested in writing the things we were performing as opposed to performing the things we were performing. Um, and so from there, that's sort of where the, the seed of actually trying to do this for a real you know, for a living came from. Um, I see. Yeah. Where did the title come from? Drag I just teen? literally, I was thinking about a book about a young drag queen and then the word drag teen came to me and I thought that it was, I thought I was the most clever person on earth. But then I Googled it and was like, oh, I didn't come up with this. It's obviously <laughs> something someone's thought before. But like, uh, I, yeah, just think it's, uh, I just like that idea of, uh, you know, because this is a kid who is like, wants to be a drag queen, but he's not yet, a queen, you know, mm-hmm. there is that that thing of uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Tu Wong Fu, but you know in that movie, um, what's uh, John Leguizamo's character is, you know, they keep calling him a princess because he's not yet a drag queen, and it, you know he has to achieve a lot in order to become that. Uh, and so I think there's you know a similarity there. 
I see. I understand you have some expertise about RuPaul yes. and postmillennial earnestness. Yes. Could you tell us? <laughs> Well, in a nutshell, I, I, yes. Well, first of all, RuPaul, I've been a diehard fan forever uh, and a big, big fan of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, which is uh, RuPaul's uh, reality competition show. Uh, and then recently I wrote and produced um, on RuPaul's, it has a new game show out. And uh, I, I worked on that for like three months and got to work with RuPaul, which I'd never done before. And so that was amazing because he is a just such a just so clear in his vision and so um, professional and smart and clever and um, and also enlightened and just so freeing. And he, re- he if you want to really like get to know like the amazing side of RuPaul, he did this amazing interview recently on Vulture that's so good. And it's just all about, I mean, it's basically about everything. He just sort of sums up the world. Uh, RuPaul is basically the drag Oprah, if you ask me. Um, and, uh, and that is the highest compliment you right. can give can someone. Can we quote you? Yes. <laughs> um, uh, I think that's the highest compliment. So, um, And then I guess millennial earnestness. I mean, I think that just comes from following too many people on Twitter. <laughs> you know, you really, you really get a glimpse into, the, into what everyone in the world is going through. And that's, uh, that's all there in 140 characters or less. Well, are you on Twitter? Oh, yes. At Jeffrey Self, but it's spelled J-E-F-F-E-R-Y and then self like myself or self-absorbed or selfish yeah. like everyone on Twitter, you know. Self-involved. Uh, self-involved. <laughs> self-promoting. <laughs> How yeah. is it having that last name? I was sort of idly wondering um, that. Well, it, people often think it's made up because of <laughs> self being such a part of culture now, um, but it's not. Uh, I, it, I think it's like Scandinavian or something. I, I think it's just a very odd but perfect coincidence because I am— I'm pretty self-obsessed, um, but and and self-conscious, and I also have it tattooed on my arm. Self. Oh, we got to get a picture of that. I, and I and and when people ask me why, I I wish I had a better answer, but I I just kind of like the name and I like looking at it. <laughs> I love that. Do yeah. you have siblings? I do. I have two siblings. They uh, do not have their name tattooed on their arms. <laughs> other selves. Or yes. are they selves? People always <laughs> refer to my family as the selves. And yeah. we're like, no, it's not. <laughs> you don't have to say it that way. That's not how it is. Uh, oh, very yeah. cute. Very cute. Um, what, you know, you we talk about more acceptance of gay people, but drag queens still have a mountain to climb. I mean, talk yeah. about a marginalized group. What what are misconceptions that people have? Yeah, well, um, oh, I mean, you know, I think a big thing to remember is that, you know, and something that is, is, a, is a line we had to sort of balance when writing this book is that, that you know, drag queens and transgender uh, communities are two separate things. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, transgender people are people who who are living as, as, as opposite sex that they were born as, whereas a drag queen is someone who is Put a, a you know a gay man who's performing as a as a woman, um, and uh, you know there's a big difference between that. Um, and I think though, but that you know anyone who's playing with any kind of gender fluidity uh, is is definitely uh, up for for you know ridicule in, in culture. I mean, we, you know we're seeing this whole thing in North Carolina right now with the whole bathroom thing, um, and that not which is discrimination against trans people. And, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy, you know, it's a, it's a really, it's a really crazy time. You know, we, we've had this amazing, you know, year of, of, uh, the Supreme court, you know, ruling for gay marriage. And, and that was so amazing. And now, you know, I think because of that, it's sort of caused us, the people who disagree to sort of switch their vision to, you know, sort of being afraid of gender fluidity and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I think one great thing about this younger generation is that, they seem to be very, very, very accepting uh, and m- way more open-minded toward that kind of thing uh, than generations before. 
Yeah, they don't seem to have the fear of yeah, yeah, what, the unknown. I don't yeah, know. and just I think yeah, I think you know, and I think that comes from like being like so involved and, and so entrenched in Twitter and and Instagram and documenting their lives because they're you know they're curating the perception of everyone you know that follows them right. They're showing the the person that they want people to think they are, uh, and so I think that allows them to really explore their identity in a in a really. Um, in a really, in a way that you know, they're looking outside of themselves and at themselves. You know, they're they're yes. they're looking at uh, who they who they want to be seen as and who they are. You know, mm-hmm. um, yet then you know, putting a lot of filters and emojis on top of that. But still, <laughs> <laughs> the emphasis on emojis. The, the emphasis. I just got into emojis, and it's it's honestly just saving me so much time. It's uh, it's just now you know when you get like a text that you don't necessarily need to reply to, it's just. Send them a picture of a high heel and you're good. <laughs> and they'll know who it's I, from. I, yeah. All right. Now we have David here with us who edited the book. And I just would love for you to talk about your collaboration and Absolutely. what sorts of issues you encountered along the way in the editing process. Yeah. Um, well, hi, David. Hello. Wow. What, what, what issues did we face? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think... We're going to eat lunch. <laughs> I mean, I, I can talk. I mean, but what first appealed to me about the book was that it was... It was about searching for identity, but it was not the standard coming out narrative. That that certainly JT is still trying to figure out who he is, but again, from page one, his gay identity is a given. Um, and how how he explores drag, because he's very much a, a beginner, that really mirrors a lot of what teens are doing, just exploring, trying on new things. And and literally JT is trying on things, which, which I, I thought was was pretty cool. And I think also one thing you didn't talk about was another thing I love was the dynamic between JT and both his boyfriend mm-hmm. and his best friend who yes. were along for the ride. And Absolutely. I'm curious where where those characters came from. Well, for me, I mean, I, I think when I first came up with the idea for this book, I had, I think I had a, a boyfriend at the time um, who I definitely felt sort of inadequate to uh, because he sort of looked like the gay person I had always wanted to be. He had like a really ripped body and he looked, you know, sort of like, you know, the school football jock and like that kind of thing. And I was, I, it was the the guy I'd always sort of wanted to be. And, and there's this weird thing with, with, with gay culture is the people that you want to be are also the people you're attracted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think for, uh, that was really interesting to me because I think that that when you're experiencing that, especially as a young person, it's very confusing. Uh, and so that that relationship dynamic uh, was really important for me to put into the book. And then, you know, with the best friend character, um, you know, I think, you know, we've, we've, we've seen the world of, you know, a gay guy and his female best friend uh, so many times in, in books and in movies and in TV. But, you know, I oftentimes she's not that strong a character and she's she's a mess and like doesn't really have a life of her own and is just sort of there with a gay guy. But um, this is, you know, I wanted to explore someone who is who, who sees that ahead and wants and is desperately trying to uh, define her own future uh, as independently as opposed to, you know, just associated with her her male friends. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's where those that's sort of where those came from. Yeah. And did did you find it hard to write for sort of YA? Like, did you find yourself holding back? Weirdly it seemed, not. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it seemed pretty fluid. Yeah, it, weirdly not. You know, I had never done that before, and I had read a lot of YA, a lot of David's books, and. Uh, and and I always had been a fan of it. So I guess for me, it was just I had I had read so much of it that it felt pretty organic to step into, um, and especially writing in that in that you know that that narrative um, that in his voice and JT's voice um, was really um, was really easy. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think of it. I mean, editorially, I think one of the the funny parts of it was sort of gauging the references and gauging well, yeah, that was which, a big thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which which ones teens would know, which ones teens wouldn't know, which ones you could pick up from the contextual clues. Or in like which ones are going to be irrelevant in in a month. Right, you right. know what I mean? Like uh, that's it's very hard. It's and that's something that I always forget with books because you know coming from like doing YouTube videos and stuff like that. You know, you you make references that are are you know going to work today when you put out the video, uh, as opposed to when they come out when the book comes out. You know, a year or two later, and and you know, such and such isn't relevant anymore. I'm not going to name any names right, right. because God forbid, I don't want to. But thank know, God we to, took out that line yes. about Jay Z and Beyonce's perfect marriage. Like that would have been really bad coming out today. Like I feel you would have been embarrassed if we kept that in. Have you seen Lemonade yet? Um, yes, I still haven't. And you've seen it? No, yes, you, yes. God. About ten times. Oh, I kept I watching really. it because I <laughs> was afraid I was not going to be able to see it ever again. So I kept. Oh my goodness! It's fantastic. I just like the conundrum though that in order to listen to the album, you have to pay the oh, person who it's attacking. It's like I just everything about it really is so confusing. Me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. I, I think right. that's great. Like yeah. shake things up. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You know? like, absolutely. Don't let everything just be wrote. That's why Beyonce is the great artist she is. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. She really is redefining the genre. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of art, um, you alluded to the fact that David comes from a slightly different generation <laughs> from you. I wonder what books both of you were drawn to as kids or were there any particular authors or books you got hold of that you just clutched and thought, oh, someone is like me. I can mm -hmm. be okay with myself. You know, a Larry Kramer. Or, yeah. Know, I mean, for me, it was more faggot. like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, for yeah. me, it was like uh, more, you know, I definitely Sedaris and Augustine Burroughs, oh, yeah. you know, were, were sort of at their peak, you know, and I was pretty young and I, and I was obsessed with those books, but I didn't necessarily really understand them. I just sort of understood that I would understand them one day and that they really were powerful to me. Mm -hmm. There was something sort of un unknown about why I associated with them so deeply, but uh, I, I did. And I, uh, one time I, when I was 16, I, I, I totaled my first car because I was changing the CDs of uh, David Sedaris audiobook, uh, And I was just like not looking at the road. And then I like crashed into a into a side of the thing and uh, my dad was so upset and I was like and I've never told him that it was because I was changing an audiobook CD I was like I don't know the person in front of us stopped me stopped really fast um, but in reality it was just I was listening to uh, I think it was naked and uh, the the book I wasn't naked when I was driving and uh, and it was uh, that was why um, and also I mean I you know your book uh, Boy Meets Boy came out what year was that 2003. Yeah. So that was like when I was, I think I read that maybe when I was a freshman in college, probably. Uh -huh. um, and uh, loved that book. Love, love, love that book. What about you? Well, I feel first I want to I want to clarify that you were referring to the Larry Kramer book "Faggots Not Calling Jeffrey and I." <laughs> faggot, faggot. you're just faggots? like faggot. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, okay. okay. No. Suddenly no. it's getting contentious. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I didn't, didn't know we were doing hustle. Fox News. I just um, love Larry Kramer yes. and then mm. talk about somebody who right. fought the good fight. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for for me, I always say it, it. It is a testament to my self absorption leading to literature that that the first gay author I really loved and found was David Levitt. And I totally picked him up because his name was similar to mine. I was really? like, who's is that this one? guy? Yeah, yes. I was like, David That's Levitt, right. it's practically me. <laughs> and then then I started reading and I was yes. like, oh, it, it's practically me. Like, yeah. it, um, and, and just seeing his stories 
again, just because he was coming from a suburban milieu. He was a gay Jew. And I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is really interesting. Uh-huh. Um, and before I had figured everything out, I was still, the resonance was there. And then once yeah. I did figure it out, I was like, oh, that's why it was so resonant. Hmm. Um, and then YA-wise, I always say my, my entire career is on the shoulder of Francesca Lee Blocks, um, that her book, Weetsy Bat, sort of opened up the door to write gay characters um, and characters of, of any identity um, with sort of a musicality and lyricism and fairy tale nature that, that, again, Boy Meets Boy, I never would have written it the way that I did had she not come before me. I see. Wow. You're standing on the shoulders of giants. Right, right. As they say. Uh, what are you most proud of, David, yourself in your career? Oh my goodness! I mean, everything. I mean, no. I mean, but no. It, right. it just it really. It's David self Levithan. No, but, but but I think it is the seeing that the right book at the right time can make all the difference. I mean, and I, I do say that I am very lucky that my books started to come out at the same time that MySpace came mm-hmm. out, um, and then Facebook and uh-huh. email. So it used to be that if you're a YA author. If a kid wanted to contact you, they'd have to find the address, they'd have to find an envelope and a stamp, and then nine months later, you'd get a letter from them. But now, we get it instantaneously. Right. We, we get the emails or the Facebook messages. Oh, my God, your book really... I, I can't believe you know me so well from reading your book. Mm-hmm. Um, and time after time, and again, I am in a very privileged position because certainly... I can get that for my own books, but it really is seeing all of the books that I work on also have that effect. Um, and again, whether it is on the macro level and seeing protesters in a foreign country use the Mockingjay symbol um, as their own symbol, or whether it is on the more intimate level of kids who are coming out or who are dealing with um, various problems, reading about them and suddenly understanding the context that their lives are in much more. That, that is the everything that I refer to because it is, it is everything that literature can do. And I get to see it from all these vantage points. And you started here as an intern at Scholastic. Yes, yes, definitely. Did not know when I was plotting Babysitter's Club Mysteries that this is where <laughs> it would end up. Wait, is but that what you were doing? I was working on the Babysitter's Club, yeah. And, and oh. we, would, we would talk about the mysteries and everything. Yeah, that was... Because those books were sort of like written like in-house kind of thing? No, and and Martin was was working on them, but it ended up when I came in, we were, they were far along in the mystery series. And oh. when you're trying to do like safe middle grade mysteries, there are only so many plots. So we would, right. we would basically yeah. get on the phone and the editor and I and be like, so we've done catnapping and dog napping and theft. And what can we do? I'd be like, break into a museum. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, and that is how I learned that, that, that being paid to think like a 13 year old girl is a pretty sweet job. <laughs> when you are a whatever, 19 year old gay boy. Wow. Scholastic is so proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing, yeah. And now we're proud of Jeffrey. Oh, thank you. That's very nice. Jeffrey, what's next on your agenda? Um, I'm working on another book, another young adult uh, novel. And uh, I uh, am on a new TV show uh, that starts on TBS this summer called Search Party um, that I'm in, in and out throughout the first season. And it's really funny. It's a half hour mystery, comedy, dramedy kind of uh, thing. It's it's hard, very hard to explain. The best way I can explain it is I keep calling it Manhattan Murder Mysteries, but with Williamsburg hipsters. Um, <laughs> it's like a, it's really fun. And uh, so I've been doing uh, that. Shoots out here, so I've been out here doing that. And then um, uh, yeah, and then I've got a couple other TV things I'm doing this summer that um, 
that I can talk about soon, but not right now. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, we're so lucky that you're here too. Thanks. And I want you to read, I yes. asked you to before we talked about a passage that I especially love yes. that from Drag Team. Okay. I will I will read that. Okay. Um, okay, here we go. We lived on the top floor of the three-story building, which they had the audacity to call a penthouse, even though it was still just a two-bedroom apartment with a kitchen the size of most refrigerators. When I got downstairs, leaving Heather to keep watch of the six-pack of Dr. Pepper we'd bought up to the roof, I found Mom squeezed in the small space between the countertop and wall, fanning some freshly microwaved bagel bites that were bubbling like lava on a smoky paper plate. I need you to work tonight, she said. It was not phrased in the form of a question. She meant work at the gas station, a job I got stuck with countless times, even though I rarely got paid. Where's Crystal? Her boyfriend's in jail again, and she's got to go to night court. But mom, I'm hanging out with Seth tonight. It's his only night off all week. You tell your friend that you have to help your parents. That gas station is what puts food on our table, JT. She spoke these words while blowing on the steaming microwaved mini pizzas she'd purchased on clearance from the Dollar General store with absolutely zero trace of irony. First of all, he's not my friend, he's my boyfriend, and he has been for the past three and a half years. Mom sucked her cigarette and popped a bagel bite into her mouth before she even exhaled the cigarette smoke. I winced at the thought of the complicated taste. Well, whatever it is, you are canceling. I'd need you tonight. Why can't you cover for Crystal? Because your father and I work all day, every day to keep a roof over your head, and we deserve some time to relax. That's why. She tossed the unflattering polo shirt at me. You start at six. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. So JT, we should tell and, our readers, is going to be smelling like gasoline and, and the cologne from CVS. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Mix. And I, I don't know if you've ever had a bagel bite and a cigarette at the same time, but... <laughs> It's uh, a memorable, <laughs> memorable me sensation. Uh, that I'm is how you crashed your life. second car. Right? <laughs> 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 All right, also, well. also worth mentioning, you did the audiobook too. I right? did, yes, yes which so, I believe so is so out. If you liked today that today well. excerpt, yes, which was so fun. Audiobook. It was so fun, and I and on the audiobook, I got to sing because <gasps> there's a song throughout the book, and they let me sing on it. Oh my God. And um, I was terrified, but also I got to feel like Beyonce for a second. I was like <laughs> oh in a studio holding onto my cans. Now every day is a blessing, every day a new try, a chance to find yourself, find the reason why. People care about me, which I sometimes forget. People care about me, and that's as lucky as you get Jeffrey Self. That's very fun. <laughs> oh, well, this has just been such a joy. Does anybody have anything to add before we wrap this up? I don't think. I just thank you so much for having yeah, me. This is you. really lovely. Yeah, well, thank you both. We're really looking forward to having our listeners Thanks. get hold of this book and, awesome. and have a lot of laughs. And now they can have the mom's voice in their head, <laughs> yes. which I did not have, yes. which yes. just adds such a nice dimension. <laughs> it's loosely based on the actress Brett Butler. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. 90s sitcom star. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much again. Thanks so much. And thank you for joining us and for sharing in our mission at Scholastic, where we believe that the right book in a child's hands can open a world of possible. Special thanks to producer Megan K. Safer, sound mixer and editor Daniel Jordan, 
and music composer Lucas Elliott Eberl. I'm Suzanne McCabe. We look forward to sharing more Scholastic Reads next time.